say media collection. Yes. You just mean movies, TV, things like that? Uh, I collect physical media. So, so yeah, movies on VHS, Blu-ray, and DVD, and now 4K. Okay. Um, music on vinyl, cassette, and CD, and um, video games. I have a very extensive video game collection. I have 40-odd systems at this point, and I have a closet filled with games from for every system from every era. The Star Wars arcade machine in the bar is mine. Like, it was in my apartment for six years, and we moved it to the bar. It's from 1983. Wow. Holy shit. But, yeah. you're, I, but you're not striking me as a hoarder. This feels like a deliberate, you actually no, no, no. have deliberate artifacts that you're collecting. Yeah, no, it's not hoarding. It's, it's collecting. Like, I go out yeah. and I look for stuff and I buy. It's all very neatly organized. It actually looks... Are we uh, very ornamental job? and yeah. cool in my opinion. Oh, all right. Yeah. yeah. You gotta it's get not like action, stacks of shit. It's all Show very us. organized. And I believe you because, I mean, that's kind of the style of Joey Rose's and out here. Like, it, it feels very intentional. Yeah, it's very, you know, we won't, I'll wait to talk about that. Sorry. Oh, we're rolling, dude. Oh. Yeah, we're, I, I mean, oh. we could do the intro. This is the Cheat oh. Day Show. I'm Ryan Reese. It's a very special one today. We're here at Joey Rose's Sandwich Shop that's owned by Joe DeRosa. Uh, tremendously funny comedian, friend, former roommate. A uh, lot of questions for him. Sure. As always, we, we got Kitty with us on uh, uh, mic, and we also have T with us. Uh, normally, we shoot at the Comedy Cellar, but this is going to be our first on-location shoot here at Joey Rose's. Yes. Joe DeRosa. Good to see you, buddy. Thanks for having me. Good to see all of you. Yeah. This is yeah, the grand nice opening you. of your outside space. Yeah, yeah. We opened today the outdoor... It's called the Wyoming Winnebago. It's sponsored by Wyoming Whiskey, uh, our dear friends and whiskey makers. And uh, we built uh, Winnebago outside of Joey Rose's, the, the bar and sandwich shop. Um, and we're inside of it right now. Yeah. So, it, I mean, it looks great. Thanks. I would be, I'd be very, it looks so nice. I'm concerned that it's on a New York City street. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, luckily it doesn't have wheels. Nice. Yeah. It doesn't, no, nobody like, can steal I'm it. I'm just wondering how many homeless people are like, that's going to be a great home. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. It's really nice. <laughs> Thanks, man. Thanks. And I've, I've spent a lot of time in, in outside eateries. I, I think <laughs> we put all, <laughs> we tried to, uh, you know, a lot of detail went into the interior of the place, mm. and a lot of detail went into the exterior, the the exterior, the facade of the place. And when it came to the outdoor space, we wanted to put the same amount of detail and thought into it. You know, we we from the jump wanted this place to be a throwback, and we didn't want it to feel like a, a like we were throwing back. We wanted it to be like you walked in it and we're like, oh, this has been here for a while, right? Um, so that's really been behind everything we've done, every decision we've made. Uh, artistically and I mean this has been your passion for the last what two years well as you know as my ex-roommate bars have been my passion for many years uh, but yeah <laughs> opening one and and, and co-owning one with Paul Italia uh, has been of the last two years so this is kind of the, your, your place your sandwich shop is kind of the talk of the comedy community mostly because it was such a left turn in that you, <laughs> yeah. you're an established professional comedian yeah. that came up through the ranks you started in Philly, right? Yeah, yeah, Philly. Yeah. yeah, moved to New York City. New York. Multiple Comedy Central specials, yeah. author, podcast, film, TV, and then Sandwich Shop. <laughs> He's a renaissance man. Yeah. Well, oh, no, no, we you. heard it. We thought it was thank a prank. We, and when it came out, we're like, what the hell is this? I didn't have enough. Uh, I wasn't on. I wasn't pursuing enough shaky ventures. I was like, let me add another anxiety-inducing venture to the mix. Oh, God, a restaurant. Stand up yeah. and podcasting. And uh, writing weren't enough. Yeah, How can so. I ruin my mental health? Yeah, yeah. yeah that's basically <laughs> Own that's a business. Basically, yeah. 
No, I mean, it was just, you know, look, during the pandemic, obviously a lot shifted here in New York City. A lot shifted everywhere. And it was a very terrible time. And, um, you know, we... This idea was 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 mildly formed before that, but in having conversations with Paul during that period, owner of the stand, yeah, yeah. Paul also owns the Stand Comedy Club, and he's a proprietor of restaurants and stuff. So uh, having conversations about this idea with him during the pandemic, it started to grow bigger than just the idea of a place that had these sandwiches that I wanted to make for people. It started to turn into a way to try to give something in our in our humble way back to New York uh, to a neighborhood we really love Lower East Side um, and and also just to the people coming out of this awful time where they could get a good sandwich or a great sandwich I think great. Uh, and great. and awesome drinks for cheap you know we were we, you know I think in the pandemic a lot of us especially a lot of people in the food and, and beverage industry you know, it was kind of kind of got tired of like everything being craft cocktails, everything being seventeen dollars. You know, sandwiches being twenty four bucks. Yeah. You know, all this crap that just you know, like living felt like you were living in an airport. <laughs> you know, we can, we're going to gouge you because we can, and I think that sucks. And we really tried to create a place that not only um, aesthetically felt like a throwback to right. a different time period in New York City. But financially, it was a throwback, too. And the quality that we were offering for those prices was a throwback. So um, that's really what the whole idea was. That's why it says social club on the sign, because we felt like we really based the idea of this place a lot on social clubs that we saw in, in you know, that we experienced years ago, but then also that we saw in movies that we liked and stuff like that. Like the idea that the guys in the neighborhood had a place yeah. that they went and it was their home away from home. You know, there's a sign inside that says, welcome home. I want people to come here and hang out. And the greatest, the greatest compliment we ever get, and we get it more frequently. I'm very flattered at how frequently we get it is when a person in their seventies or eighties comes in uh, and goes, Oh man, I haven't seen a place like this in years. You know, I'm like, that's that's like almost brings a tear to my eye. So, that's pretty cool, you know. Uh, that was the whole goal. Oh, I mean, look, you're running you're running a restaurant, but you're also trying. You, you are a comedian, so like, how do you, you know, both jobs require you to be at them twenty four seven. Yeah, I mean, it's this is strangely similar to comedy and podcasting in the sense that the physical commitment of it is shorter than the mental commitment of it you know we're blessed we have a great staff here amazing staff that really does a lot of great stuff that i can that we can trust with with this place when we're not around physically um we're always we're always around you know but sometimes when we're not here physically it's great to know that you have people you can trust which is amazing my hat's off to them we have the best staff in the world um but in, that makes it a lot like comedy in the sense that, like, well, physically, you have to be there for this many hours in the day. Mentally, though, You'll it's think the about rest it of forever, the day. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, you know, you just I think kinda... I was drinking with you like six months ago, and you're like, I, I got to go. There's a bread delivery. And I'm like, oh, God. <laughs> what, what, is, what, what happened in your life that you're like, I got I to gotta go. I got yeah, a everybody, bread delivery. Everybody's got to get the bread delivered I gotta somehow. Get <laughs> I got to get up in the morning and get the bread. Oh, well, luckily, luckily, when I'm drinking with somebody and I go, I have to go, I got to go, 
it's I have to go to my bar, and I can just keep drinking. Oh, by the way, that seems like a great call for an alcoholic. You put, you put, he had a sandwich shop. He's like, you know what this place needs? Whiskey. Okay. <laughs> <That's>, <laughs> that was Paul's idea. Paul's idea was to turn it. I just said, let's do a sandwich shop. He was like, let's do a bar and sandwich shop. I was like... I'm not going to argue with you. Wait, you guys have this crazy thing where you can buy, and I don't know any other shop that does this, you can actually get a coffee at the coffee shop next door, come into Joey Rose's and get, you can make your coffee an Irish coffee. Yeah, well, yeah. for a oh. small charge, we will spike yeah. your coffee for That's you. That's fun. Yeah. I, was that sort of in the same vein of like, we want people to be here hanging out, and this is a great way to pull them further in? Well, it, it's it's it, that really was based in community. Yeah. We did that on St. Paddy's Day as a way for St. Paddy's Day to be something that didn't just benefit us, um, but a way for us to do something with neighbor. We're doing it with the Fat Black Coffee Shop, which is an amazing coffee shop and also a great spot for comedy. They I'm do shows comedy there. there. Yeah, so they do right. shows there every night. They're great. Yeah. Things are going well. I'm at the coffee shop next week. <laughs> <laughs> I've done a bunch so, of open mics there. Yeah, which I love. I mean, talk about classic New York, yeah. like comedy at a coffee shop. That's like... You know, that's like classic 60s Cafe Wa stuff, you know. Mm -hmm. But um, but anyway, um, we really wanted to, to do – we wanted to partner up with our neighbors. We didn't want to come in and just make it about our spot. We wanted to really be community and like – or be part of a community. And our neighbors have been so welcoming. We're next to Black Cat. They're amazing. Black Crescent is right there, which is an amazing yeah. bar. Um, Reynolds and the whole crew over there have been so incredible to us. They send people over to us. We send people over to them. It's so wonderful. Um, the- I'm your neighbor, too. I'm, I'm a, like a block away. And I was waiting to tell you this. I'm actually a Joey Rose's loyalist. I was going to say, I, you I've look never, terribly familiar to me. Cause I'm, but I'm shy. and I, I, I was so just going to say you look terrible, but... Yeah, that too. But uh, I'm here like twice a week. I get a sandwich. That's where I know you from. I was like, I know her from somewhere. Yeah. I couldn't place it. But I'm too shy to be like, oh, I do the podcast with Ryan. You know what I mean? I just want to get my food and Take enjoy it, it. Yeah, and I'll, I'll bother Joey another time. Like, we'll make the connect. We'll play the name game. Oh, no. You it's, know? Yeah, yeah, no. Thank you for that, though. Like, but I, yeah. Not for not talking to me, for being a loyalist. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Thanks for fucking ignoring me. Yeah, yeah. no. I, yeah. The I'll, sandwiches are as good as... What's your favorite sandwich? Okay. Well, I like the dad recently, but my gateway oh, drug dad? was the Ami. The, um. What is the dad? <sighs> the, we what actually have dad? a dad right here. The dad is... It's it's our version of an Italian, classic Italian hoagie. Um, it's mortadella, Genoa salami, and um, cap, ham cappy. Um, with provolone and Asiago and tomato and onion. Um, I called it the dad because I was like, this would be my dad's favorite sandwich here. So that's why I called it the dad. Nice looking sandwich. It's Thanks. so good, guys. Um, then we got a local here, which is turkey and roast beef, mayo, white American cheese, hot peppers, hot cherry peppers, uh, tomato and onion, mayo. Um, that's called the local because that's, that's based on a sandwich I grew up near. Um, and then it's kind this, of a club, right? Say again? Technically, it's like a club. No. No. How dare you? <laughs> the, uh, <laughs> fuck, fuck off, Kitty. I mean, yeah, that's true. You were doing great, Kitty. <laughs> you should have stuck yeah. to not talking to him. <laughs> this, is, this is the Eastie. This is Asiago, prosciutto, Genoa salami, and sweet peppers. This is called the Eastie because I created this. was the first sandwich on the menu I created. But I did this one when I lived in LA. So when I was putting the menu together and thinking of names, I was like, I'll call that the Eastie because I made that when I lived in LA because it was. I was trying to make myself an East Coast style sandwich <laughs> when I lived out there, and these were the ingredients I could gather. So uh, there's your sandwiches. How's the friend. bread out there? Is it true the bread's no good? 
you can get like Amoroso rolls if you try, and and that that's passable. You know, that's fine. Um, and some places have decent bread. I would usually, when I lived out there, I would buy French baguettes. You know, because they were crusty. Yeah. Um, but we bake our bread here fresh daily, and I think that's the only way to go if you have a sandwich shop. So. Well, I, I tell you, man, it does feel like. So when I live with Joe, I, I can tell you. This dude created the party. Like, multiple nights I would come home and the apartment would be filled with people. And he'd be oh. like, yeah, we're having a party. I got a beer pong table. <laughs> like, like pretty pretty consistent. Yeah. I feel like you'd enjoy that, though. Sounds oh, like- I didn't mind it. But, yeah. I mean, like, he was the one who, who well, arranged everything. Ryan, oh, yeah. Ryan was never, uh, you know, he was never upset about it. You know, he was never uh, a wet blanket about it. He enjoyed the party. <laughs> But what I hated was was when we lived together. Ryan was not single. In fact, he was dating I remember that. our roommate, Allie. Allie. Green. Oh, Allie. Uh, you got, love her. Oh, Allie was also a roommate. It's Allie's apartment. It was Allie's apartment. Oh, poor Allie. And I moved in, and Allie was like me and my boyfriend lived there. We had a third roommate, our fourth roommate, Linda, Linda, who moved out after a while. But who was a waitress at Caroline's? Yes, yes, Linda Turley, lovely person, good friend, great photographer, amazing photographer. Um, which is what she does now, but at the time she was also waitressing, and um, she uh, we all lived there together. But Ryan had a girlfriend, and I was friends with Allie before I was friends with Ryan, and then I became friends with Ryan, and I always wanted to do like guy shit with Ryan, but like he could only do so much guy shit because he was like, I gotta go, Allie's at home. <laughs> oh, I had to, I had to wing him a couple of times. I had to distract like. <laughs> He's like, I got these two foreign chicks. I don't know. They don't speak English. You got to do something. And I was like, I, I mean, I guess. He's like, just, just talk Ryan to her. Ryan only speaks English. Too. Talk to her. Yeah. Talk to her in the in the living room, and I'll be with the friends. Yeah, though. just talk to her. Pretend, <laughs> pretend like you're going to hook up with her. Jump on the grenade, as they say. They were good. They were like Swedish or something. They were good looking. They, oh, were, good they were very, very uh, lovely. The Swedes. That was as close as I ever came to a Charles in Charge episode. Like sitcom plot. Like, like uh, I think two Swedish stores. Let's go. Oh, you he's a, don't, don't let him fool you with his sweetness. He's a man about town. He is, he is a <laughs> coxman, I believe the term would be. Uh, I'm a bachelor, and there's a nothing coxman? wrong with that. What oh, about God, a yeah. There was a time he, when, there, when a batch, being a bachelor wasn't a crime. Uh, you it's just, not a crime. I watched no, I the man care. work, man. I mean, he was, he would, I mean, whether he was with him, like, for a long period of time or short period of time, like, he'd cook him dinner, he'd, like, so it was Joe's a whole got thing. Game. Yeah. Joe's, Joe's got, got game. Some real game. I'm a gent. I'm a gent. He's got some real game. The, the Italian you. men, though, they, this is my thing. I, they just are, there's a, okay, <laughs> there's, we can be very over-the-top Italians, but right now, there is a need for men to be more affection, and there, <laughs> Guido's are here for us. Yeah, Listen, I've yeah. and I think it works. I've seen him getting ready for a date, cooking meatballs in his underwear. It's the closest I've ever that's gotten so to like Goodfellas. I'm like, what's that's, going on here? That's well, endearing. He's like, I got a date coming over. I'm like, great. <laughs> and she would I, eat it up. <laughs> so you'd make dinner for any date, or would it have to be somebody at least a little bit special? Say again? Do you give dinner just to any common street whore, or did you, <laughs> or did you also give it to like the kids in their language? Oh, I, uh, I like to. Uh, I like to cook for the friends are driving by. I like to cook for people in general, so you know. So yeah, it, I'm not. Uh, I'm not. You no know, prerequisite requirements. Actually, the only reason I usually cook more for people I know a little bit better is because it's sometimes it's a little weird on a early date to say That's to somebody, "I'm, yeah. I'm going to cook for you." It seems like there's a ploy at work, so I usually don't say them until I know the person a little bit, and they know that I'm literally saying, "No, I will cook." You yeah, know? that's what I uh, yeah. But I like cooking. It's you know, it's fun. What's your favorite thing to make? 
meatballs and the meatballs like sunday gravy like you know i love in his that. underwear yeah like most sundays i do that like what all is day. sunday gravy like tomato gravy with like meat oh. sausage and meatballs and pork ribs and oh, stuff oh man it's yeah. not marinara it's the it's actual. It's, like, it's not sauce. It's gravy. It has the meat, and it's you start it early in oh, the, the morning. Oh, the meat is like blended. Yeah, you gotta flavors have... it. Stews yeah. in it all day. That's why I call it gravy, because gravy. You know, like turkey makes gravy, right? Mm-hmm. You know, I didn't know that. Honestly. Roast beef, like you make gravy from I the didn't meat. Know that. Like it's a, it's an intricate part. Yeah. Sauce. This is a big fight amongst people, but like sauce to me is like. It's sauce. You put it on top. It's made to be put on something. It's sauce. The meat is not a component <laughs> in it. You know yeah, what yeah. I mean? Um, but, yeah, you stew the meat all day in the tomatoes. Uh, you know, like breaks and, up. You know, if it starts as sauce, it becomes gravy. Yeah, yeah, wow. yeah. That's what do you think of Racine's sauce? I never had it. I heard it's amazing. I'm yeah. a sure to. I'm not even Italian. Mike Racine. What? Mike Racine makes yeah. his own uh, gravy or sauce. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. I heard it's fantastic. Yeah. He used to sell it out of his trunk. Out of his trunk. <laughs> yeah, wild. <laughs> Comics Wait, are weird. You're not even Italian, insane. though? I'm adopted. I was raised Italian. Oh. I was raised as East Coast Italian as you could be, but I, no, I'm, I'm, I'm Arab. I'm mostly Egyptian. I mean, but I think Italian is in culture, right? Like, yeah. anyone from the tri-state area could essentially be Italian. You pass for Italian. Well, we, live, we'll Philly, yeah. we live in Philly, yeah. identity culture, right? So I identify... At this point, I identify as Italian. Yeah, you know? right. like honestly, I really do. I mean, you are essentially. Yeah, I mean, I never, I never grew up with uh, uh, anybody except Italian Americans in my family. I didn't know anybody Arab until I was in college. Yeah, uh, that must have been interesting. I knew huh? Arab, Irish, and Polish Catholics. Like that's all I grew up with, and mostly I knew Italian, Roman Catholic. So um, Arab, Irish? I didn't know that was a thing. Like as one person, there were Arab, Irish people. No, no, no. Oh, I know. I'm saying, like growing Arab, up, I knew. And they're Irish. No. I mean, I'm sure it is. I'm Cuban Irish. I knew so Roman. It's possible. I knew Roman, Irish, and Polish Catholics growing up. Got it. Got it. Yeah, got it. yeah. And then, but when I got in college, I met my first Arab person. Um, his name was Wagdi. Your first. And we Arab. were both Egyptian. <laughs> and we bonded on that because he was like, I haven't met another one either, except my family. Like, uh, they weren't really commonplace where I grew up. So wow. you were. In Philly or out outside? Right outside. Mm. Okay. Unless we're, how long have you been doing comedy now? Christ Almighty, dude! I did Ari Shafir storytelling show last night, and I said this on stage, and as it was coming out of my mouth, I was like, "Oh my God!" I going on twenty-two years. Holy shit! That's how old I am, basically. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, what year were you born? Uh, I'm twenty-six. I was born ninety-five. Well, surprise! That's basically, your dad. No, come on, let's not. Yeah. You just shave four years off your age. Hey, but come on. It's still it's still pretty crazy. <laughs> that's, that's a We're healthy, still close. That's a healthy shave. Hey, I'm a woman. Let me shave a little bit. Okay? Yeah, all right. The, um, no, we're, I'm, uh, yeah, tw I started in 2001. Good year. And Fun year. I met you start. when you came yeah. to the city. You were living with Jay. It was you, Jay, Metzger. That was kind of the crew that I remember. Yeah, it was me, Jay, um, uh, Marina, Metzger, Dante, um, God, I guess, I guess Sherrod. Sherrod was always sort of in between. Like, he wasn't... No, I guess, sure, I was more in, like, Burr's class than those guys. But, yeah, it was, you know, who else was in our class? Oh, Rachel Feinstein, um, Amy Schumer. Well, Amy was a little younger than us, but basically, like, you know, uh, Kevin Hart, <laughs> you know, believe it or not, was our class. I mean, he, you know, 
catapult into <laughs> Well, he doesn't have stars. a sandwich shop, Joe. That's yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, what's the first club you broke in New York City? Because that was a thing. Like you used to, I don't uh, know, Do you guys even try to break clubs anymore? Is that you don't care? Yeah, no, they don't care. That was know. a thing. Breaking the clubs, huge, huge deal. I'm like embarrassed uh, to do. I don't clubs even know now. what that means. Like the phrase "breaking it." What the first club that passes you as a paid professional? So you're breaking into you're the breaking club. into the. Club. I remember the day. I remember the day. I was doing. F- Guest spots at the Boston, so I was doing free yeah. spots. So I could get stage time, but I couldn't make money. And I was in the throes of anxiety about absolute fucking throes of anxiety about money at this at, on this one in this one period in, in at many periods, but one of the first. And I remember I was at my mom and dad's house, and I was I was just like, "What the fuck am I going to do, man? I I'm not making any money. Like I don't know what I'm going to do." And um, I still had a drum set there because I played drums. And um, I went in to, to play drums to, 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 like, let out anxiety. And I remember I had my first cell phone. It was a Nokia. And I put it down behind this drum throne, and I started playing. And I was just playing for, like, an hour just to, like, let some shit out. And I turned and saw I missed a call. Back then when you missed a call, it was very exciting on your cell phone. (laughs) And I didn't recognize the number, which made it even more exciting because this was pre-spam on cell phones. It it could uh, be a girl. Who knows? I didn't know who it was. (laughs) And uh, I listened to the voicemail. It was Louis Ferrandez from Caroline's. And he goes, Joe, I just watched your tape. Welcome to the club, buddy. You're going to be one of our paid guys. And I remember I was like. That must be so nice to hear. Like, it was like, oh, my God. I just got chills talking about yeah. it. It was such a huge moment in my life. And then he booked me that weekend. I, I hosted for Gilbert Godfrey. That was my first paid that's, show in New York ever. That's insane. And Talent, a comedian named Talent, yeah. is still a friend to this day. Yes. He gave me shows in his – but he, Talent did all indie rooms. He didn't have a club, but he would throw you shows. Yes. Did you work for Talent? Yes, yeah. absolutely. So the, the path I took was yeah. kind of – because the first time I saw you perform, it was on a talent show. And it was like you and Burr. And I think a it was talent a, show? No, Talent's the name of the performer. Oh, He's I was a, like, were there other people doing other things? His name's Talent. <laughs> yeah. But it was, uh, yeah. and God, you were so funny. You and Burr just destroyed this room. It was, uh, I guess, the Broadway, but it would have been the improv back then. Those are the rooms. I can't speak for oh, Burr. Oh, and it was an uptown show, uh, a black yeah. show, black and Spanish show. That's, Burr, Burr earned his stripes in, in, in the black rooms, and those are the rooms I started in. That's actually I my was, first paid spot was Talent yeah. doing the uh, the black rooms. They were the only ones black that put a white Hispanic guy Black and Hispanic people laugh better. But they're the only ones that put a white guy on so they just want to see we, what's gonna happen yeah in philly at they're the laughing laugh, at you we started the laugh house in philly and me mike vecchione and, and rocco uh stowe were the only three white comics so you learned real fast how to you know how to adapt because and, but i mean your style is uh speaks to that like if you if you watch yourself you watch burr you watch vecchione it's not a it's not a like laid back i'm just gonna speak like you're you're, you're it's very aggressive. Yeah, yeah, but that's the point. Like, you're not waiting for the audience to come to you, you're, which is which is not common because most white male comedians are just like, well, here's my five minutes of jokes and I'm just going to rattle them off. I remember when I first moved to New York and I'd see white comics and they were very like, a lot of them had the notebook to the side uh-huh. and it was very just like, like awkward. Like, did you ever notice a guy wearing a keyboard uh, shirt? And I was like, what the fuck are these guys talking about, man? Like, <laughs> Because you, you, cause, cause the Laugh House was South Philly, and the audience was mostly North Philly. North Philly is a rough part of Philly. And the audience would come in, and it was like, if you weren't funny, they let you know immediately. But That's the thing with the uh, but, Uptown Rooms. They boo. Yeah. <laughs> they, they will let you know if you stay. <laughs> but Why is that? The, the, the audience didn't want you to pander. They just wanted you to be good. 
So as long as you were being honest, and and but you learned real quick how to be like when you started bombing. You first you would cower, and then you started to be like, "Oh fuck you, man!" You know. Yeah. And the audience would be like, "Okay, okay, cool, cool." You know, I, all right, you you got some balls. And then eventually you learned how to just be yourself in front of an audience of people that you looked nothing like you know what i mean and it would have been the same thing if you were going in front of an audience of asian people or or even for me arab people you know which i did when i started doing the arab american comedy festival i i had to learn how to do comedy in front of an arab audience because i had never done that before you know what i mean and for all intents and purposes i didn't really relate in many ways but that's the beauty of comedy. You learn, you know, like I think if you're worth a shit, you learn that, you know. Yeah. Uh, people that can only perform in their comfort zone, I think, are, uh, yeah, whatever. Well, I, I mean, have, so. I don't have to knock anybody, but, you know, like, you, you know. No, please. <laughs> well, I'm saying if, if you're only ever in a room where everybody looks exactly like you and comes from the same background as you, what are you really doing? I mean, it's not you're, not a, you're not able not to talk up. to other people yeah. that are different than you. Yeah, yeah. you can't play yeah. to your audience. You got to go outside. That's of it. not impressive. You no, know what I mean? Not. And then also, if you go into a room that you don't relate to in, in a sense of, of your life and your past and your history and you pander, you suck. I mean, it's just it's stupid. They can tell it's not the truth that, yes. like, of your life. Yeah, so that was one thing that me and 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 Jay and Kurt, you know, it was it was a big point of point of pride to to well, not pander and just be yourself, you know. Well, I mean, I, mean, I think that helped you with one of the early, when I was living with you, you did uh, Showtime's White Boys in the Hood, mm -hmm. which was uh, it, it was supposed to be. Um, white comics for an all urban audience right that was the theme of the show all and urban i don't know whatever you want to call it it was the, which I know. called white boys it's, in the I mean, hood like it's crazy when one you of them think, urban shows well that's it's crazy now it's like when you Oriental. think back to these terms that, that that people were using at the time and how uh, they're they're problematic terms now you know what i mean like it's like they would refer to black crowds as urban it's it's a shit thing to say right. you know what i mean yeah, say black. yeah it's it's i am sad we can't say retarded anymore but that's uh, it's a personal thing. You just, know. I just love it. But all right, <laughs> it's hard to find good help these days, Joe. I don't know. Uh, I don't. I don't, Wait, I don't know if you're aware of question. that. Question: When that's you were like she's... in between, like like starting your before you get past the Carolines, you're like struggling. Like, and by the way, Carolines it, it still is was it, like the club. Yeah. Like that's like you wanted to because you were working with great headliners. You were getting yeah. great pay. You were getting treated well. Like that was a yeah. big deal. Like yeah. what are you? No, but what are you eating during that time? Like because you don't. You don't have a lot to spare, probably. What am I eating? Yeah, like what was your... When you had no money. Yeah. Yeah, no. Yeah, a lot of fast food. A lot of pizza. Lot we of we pizza. had a sandwich I shop uptown, Nadal. Yeah, it was a lot of bodega food. We used Nadal you know? Deli. We had yeah. $3.75. You get a cheesesteak and a soda. Yeah. Any time of day. Oh, that's lovely. Yeah, yeah it was that's great. really nice. But it was mostly that. I mean, there was no time for... I never, ever went to, to restaurants or anything like that. I cooked for myself, but even in cooking for myself, it was a lot of cheap foods. Yeah. Hot dogs, shit like that. I eat a lot of pasta. Yeah. You know, yeah, <laughs> pasta, you know, it, it, you know, microwave stuff. Yeah. Like, you just couldn't, that was it. I, I remember when I lived, before I lived with you, I lived with Jay Okerson and his girlfriend at the time and, 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 and their kid. And... I hated one thing about it. I liked living with them. But his girlfriend would go food shopping for the house. And they'd just be like, okay, everybody owes this. And I hated it. 
because I was so tight on money. I hated anything being done that I financially that I did not have full control over. Yeah. And I, I would get very upset about it because I was so broke and I was so worried about stretching my dollar as far as possible. And it wasn't like she was buying lobster and stuff. You know, it was it was nothing. It was just it was, it was uh, it was regular old stuff. You know what I mean? But, but yeah, it was a lot of stuff like that at the time. Uh, I didn't mind. I liked fast food, and I li- I still do. It was hard. It was actually hard for me to cut that stuff out. Yeah. But I remember, I remember when I was living with Jay. The first time I ever went, we had a day. We went to see Land of the Dead, which was a horror movie that George Romero made. Um, we went to see Land of the Dead, and I think we went to eat lunch at like you know, uh, TGI Fridays or some shit. And I remember being like. I could afford this like <laughs> like that was a huge moment in my life in comedy because I could afford to buy a cheeseburger at TGI Fridays and go to a movie and not feel like I like Without made a huge mistake yeah. you know um, you know so but I mean it's you know it's wild it's wild when you when you know when you one of the if you I always say this if you have money to feed yourself you're doing better than a lot of people you know, yeah, 100%. Uh, it's something I try not to take for granted to this day. You know, I, I know a lot of people in the entertainment business. Most of them have significantly more than I do uh, financially. <laughs> <laughs> a lot of them have big houses that I will probably never have and, uh, and cars that I will never be able to afford and the kind of money that they will probably be handing down to their children and whatever. But uh, I don't get down about it because... You shouldn't get down about that. Comparing yourself to somebody else is not a good thing anyway. But one of the things I don't get down about it, one of the reasons I don't get down about it is I always say, like, hey, man, I can feed myself. That's huge. I can pay my rent and I can feed myself. You know, what more can you really ask for in this life, you know? Everything yeah. else and you're is- doing much more than that, obviously. Like, Yeah, he's humble. He's very humble. People. I mean, <laughs> uh, we haven't even touched on the fact that he, was, uh, he had a rap group. He's a, a an author. Group? He's written in Hollywood. He's done a ton of stuff. I, I mean, I don't know what his numbers are, but he's got some dough. He's not. He's not. <laughs> well, then I, don't I, know. I don't know if I mentioned I'm also terrible at managing money. <laughs> what? I was talking about my video game collection <laughs> earlier. That's an investment. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but I, uh, I'm very much, uh, I'm very much YOLO with my money. Uh, no, I don't. I'm better with it now, but like, I will buy the, you know. You know, who cares that this Super Nintendo game is two hundred dollars? You only live once. It's out yeah. of print. I'll be one of the only people that has one of these. You know, I'm like that too. Black and white. I'm like either feast or famine. I'm either yeah. saving or I'm like getting everything that it's like. Oh, that's cute for like never. Like I like yeah. that. Let's get it. I'm a monster. <laughs> yeah, when it comes to that, I think I'm like you. Yeah, more. yeah. But I also justify it by I don't have a wife and I don't have kids, so. I guess I don't either. You, you know? got a Super Nintendo. <laughs> yeah. yeah I, that's I, right. I I'm like, I would have spent, if I had kids, this money all would have went to things I never would have seen a return on, right. like school. Just and more caffeine. Doctor <laughs> visits or whatever, you know. Like, yeah. Yeah. Rehab. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. God damn kids. Yeah. So, yeah. So, anyway. Uh, but, uh, anyway, yeah. So. Uh, this is, he, oh, he also took me to see uh, George Carlin before he died. Oh, wow. That was an amazing show. We, that we, we, we saw him right before he died. He was working on his last special, and he had notes. Mm-hmm. We got to see George Carlin basically do an open mic of his new hour. He was reading off a of paper. It was wild. At the Westbury We had Theater. great seats, yeah. too, because yeah. my Live Nation friends hooked us up. Yep. And, um, wow, what a... What a was what it a, good? 
It was amazing. Wow. He's better reading, reading off of paper than 99% of comics are <laughs> memorized. Yeah, wow. Uh, That's fucking impressive. It was, it was incredible. It was an incredible experience. Is he one of your favorite comics? He's my favorite ever. Number one? Number one. Number yeah. one. Yeah. yeah, hands down, far and away, above and beyond. Who's your number two favorite? If you had to pick. I mean, I, I would... It's probably Richard Pryor. Uh, yeah, Richard Pryor. And then... Um, I mean, look, it's not, the only reason I say probably is because I have, <laughs> it's not, it's not a popular thing to say these days. I love Bill Cosby. <laughs> hey, it's okay. <laughs> it's okay. You didn't know that he was doing that. I didn't. And Bill <laughs> or he Co liked him more because of it. Bill Cosby himself to me is the greatest stand-up special of all time. Like it's, you know. Yeah. But uh, and Woody Allen's another huge, huge problematic king. Problematic king. So um, Woody Allen, Bill Cosby, Pryor, Carlin, and um, and I always, I always say Maria Bamford. Uh, yeah, I love her. And Patrice, you know, those are really the, those are my. Well, you worked a lot guys. with Patrice, didn't you? Yeah, we we're good friends, and it was a real privilege to get to work. Yeah, I feel like it's kind of cool with Patrice. You know the the sort of legend of him. You know it's kind of become like like when I talk to people and I'm like, you knew you knew Bill Hicks. You know like, it's interesting. You know, uh, I, I feel very lucky that I got to spend the time I did with Patrice. Learned a lot. Yeah. Learned a whole lot. Some of it was tough love. <laughs> but it's it was weird. all good. Yeah. Yes. Him, he's gone. Mike D's gone. Yeah. yeah. Gilbert's gone. Jeez. When did you start? Like when did you decide to start? Like at what point were you in life? I was gonna. I was playing music, and that was what I wanted to do. And I was. I was in fact rapping at the time, and I was trying I actively to become a music producer. I was trying to. Pro I was producing a lot of rap beats. I was buying a lot of equipment to make my own beats. Oh, that's cool. And I was trying to get a job producing beats, which is not a thing. You know, most hip hop producers become producers because a guy. They work with a group that gets signed or, or a guy buys beats from them and then they get a name, whatever. I was I was trying to shop myself around Philly as a producer. And uh, I was not having much luck. And um, I, I, um, I, I went and did an open mic with my a friend of mine that I used to play in a band with. And um, we were just going to do an acoustic thing because I, I sang in this band. And... Um, we were doing our set and the crowd wasn't listening to us and we were we were drinking and they were drinking everybody was drunk so we started like riffing these songs where we were making fun of the, how much the audience sucked okay and when we got off stage the, the the proprietor of the bar was like i love your act it's very funny do you want to do a show here huh and we were like yeah yeah sure <laughs> we're not in a position to say no yeah figure it out later yeah and then we were like we're not we don't fucking do comedy like he just he thought that was like our act like we we're just fucking around so me and my buddy started doing comedy there on monday on so, yeah monday night together we, yeah we we would do we would do the the intermission at, of monday night football we were going to do stuff together and it was all sketches and stuff like that there'd be like six people there it always bombed but we had fun and then on like the sixth week of us doing it, my buddy was like, dude, I'm a teacher. I have a good job. I don't want to do this. It sucks. 
And I was like, no, 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 we have to do it tomorrow. We can't <laughs> bail. And he was like, I'm, I'm out. I don't give a shit. And I was like, okay, well, I've always wanted to try stand-up. I guess now's the time. And I wrote five or six minutes of stand-up that night and went in the next night and did it. And it did w- – and then it was packed. It was packed. <laughs> the first night it was packed. It was the first time ever it was packed. I was so scared. And I bombed, but I did well enough that I was like, I want to try it again. And then the second time I did it, it was not packed, but I did okay. And then that was it. I started going down to the open mic at the Laugh House. That's a pretty crazy origin story. And within, yeah. a, within a year and a half, I was living in New York with Jay Okerson. And, 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 it, and within two years, it had become my job. And I had been doing music for years. I made more money in my first year in stand-up comedy than I ever did in wow. all the years I did music. And by more money, I mean $100. So f- <laughs> I'm, not, I'm not exaggerating. But if that guy yeah. like had never asked you to do that funny act that never he saw. Never would have done it. Never would have done it. I was too scared. Wow. I got forced into doing it. I never would have done it. I well, was... you kind of stumbled into it. It wasn't even like, you wanted to do it because your friend stepped out and you stayed. But it was the forcing, uh, it, it was the, I had a real. You felt obligation. I had a real never say, a real never say die attitude about performing yeah. back then. Um, you know, I came up in, 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 I played. I did rap and stuff, but but I also played in a lot of hardcore and punk bands, and it was just, I played houses and basements, and you just never quit. It was like all the bands you looked up to, you know, you see pictures of guys fucking performing while blood's coming out of their head because they fucking fell down by accident in the middle of the show, or somebody headbutted them, or, or a guy cuts himself by accident during the show. You, you just the whole attitude was like you never say die. You do the show wherever. Yeah, you gotta show up. So that attitude is what forced me to do stand up when my buddy bailed. But had I not, That's I never crazy. would have done it by myself. Yeah. I had written it. I had written. I wanted to do. I wanted to do spoken word, what they called, you know, which not poetry, but you know, like slam poetry. That's no, what- <laughs> no, like. Like uh, like Henry Rollins does it. Like like Henry Rollins does speaking engagements, and he's not a stand-up comic, but he's a, he talks. An entertainer of sorts. Yeah, he tells stories yeah. and or, or reads essays or, or recites essays or whatever, and they're entertaining and sometimes they're very funny. Jello Biafra from the Dead Kennedys does it. They've they've both put out several records where they do it. I'm, I'll get to what I'm about to do in a minute, but I, I that's what I wanted to do. Uh, and I wanted to do that since college, but there was no way to do it because I was like, there's no such thing as a spoken word club. Like, you can't you can't right. make it as a poet. Like, you can't, you know what I mean? Like, it's not fucking 18, whatever. You know? <laughs> like, early 1900s. Yeah, those days had kind of gone, you know? Yeah. So, so uh, there was no way to do it, and I didn't know how to do it. But stand-up was the closest thing to me that you could do it, and George Carlin was the closest, was the best example of somebody that mixed both, yeah. in my opinion. So that's why he was my favorite. But um, but eventually, because of stand-up, I started to write op-eds for for Penthouse and some, for some other outlets. And I'm about to record an album now of collected readings. Oh, wow. Not for an audience, just in a studio of the stuff I've had published. When you come and buy a sandwich, you get a reading. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yes. But it's like finally I'm getting to do all. this thing that I, that I wanted to originally do, which was like read like entertaining essays. 
That's awesome. You know, like like you finally got to the point that you wanted to start at, like because yeah, you have enough but, time and resources to be there. But my instincts were right. It will bomb. It will do nothing. It right. will make no money. It's still all. But I'll still, just put it out. It's still fun to just think maybe, <laughs> if, maybe. <laughs> well, you know. let's uh, let's bring over your sponsors. Uh, yeah, yeah. Do you want to try this? Yeah, yeah. Of course. But I want to I want to crack open this whiskey. I want to get your your guys over here. Wyoming whiskey. Hey guys. Thank you to everybody in the audience, by the way. Oh, got yeah, a we lot got of an friendly audience. faces out there. Yeah, yeah, this is this is uh, more people than my last show. <laughs> yeah, there you go. It's a good, this is a good uh, comedy room, Joe. So uh, why don't you tell us who's, who's coming over and joining us and how they fit into this. So these are the boys from Wyoming Whiskey. That's okay. This is Dave and this is Tommy. Dave is the distiller for Wyoming Whiskey. Tommy is the rep. Am I saying it right, Tommy? Uh, yes. He's more than that. <laughs> yeah, I know. That's why I didn't want to. That's why I asked if it was uh, okay. I get, I get the pleasure of representing the brand in New York and Connecticut, which is a lot of fun. So Explain, everything. Uh, well, how, how do you get involved with a comedian who's making sandwiches on the Lower East Side from Wyoming? So I have no idea why I'm here. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> do you yeah, see my been sampling line? your own product, and now you're on the Lower East Side of New York. I got gotcha. you. Yeah. No, it's. It started out with the stand, which is great, and uh, this this being a pop up, um, pop up at the stand was awesome. We have a great relationship with Paul, and obviously love sandwiches, love the whole concept of it, and we were doing something cool with Joe, where Joe created his own barrel aged cocktail at the stand that we had signed and was and was cruising, and uh, from there we tried to find another way to pair it on up, like let's make canned cocktails for your awesome social club style sandwich joint, and we'll. Find another way to work together. So, as a New Yorker, love my sandwiches, but also love my social clubs. It was the place that you went to on Halloween that had the best candy. I would give dollar bills, you know. So, uh, love the concept, love jumping on board, and we were able to link up and do some cool stuff. Yeah. And you built the outside area, which is what we're sitting in now. Uh, yeah. So we, I, I didn't raise a single hammer, but yeah. we, my, we, our ideas built it up. So, Joe and Paul wrote me one night, and they s said the word Winnebago. And I first went to Lone Star in Spaceballs. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So um, the uh, the guys at Wyoming have been amazing to us. They've, uh, you know, as I said, they sponsored the Winnebago. We're proud to have their emblem on the side of it, and we think it's a really great partnership for multiple reasons. But one of the things that we always say is that, you know, uh, nobody makes. All I mean, I shouldn't say nobody, but it's probably hard to find an awesome sandwich in Wyoming, and it's probably hard no to find. Is that is that true? <laughs> Keep going. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and it's probably hard to find uh, awesomely distilled whiskey in New York. So here's the Wyoming whiskey, Winnebago, which metaphorically traveled from Wyoming to here to bring us great whiskey, and so we can give good sandwiches to the people of Wyoming. So this is the greatest experience I've ever had with a Winnebago, because normally you're stuck behind them when you're driving through Yellowstone, and you want to <laughs> blow them all up. Right, right. I don't want to do that here. This is fantastic. So thank you for yeah. doing this, first of all. I mean, you're this welcome. Is, this is incredible. Thank the you. Italian sub that I just had, or sandwich, is fantastic. Awesome. So, thank it, you. You're, you're spot on. When it comes to Wyoming, first of all, towns are few and far between. Yeah. And then in each town, you're not getting the best of really much. You know, you're getting great steaks out there. You're getting you know, certain things that are indigenous to the area. You're getting some, some quality stuff. Right. Uh, but when it comes to a really good deli sandwich, I still yearn for it all the time. Sure. So when Tommy 
presented this idea, I was like, this is fantastic. What I'm hearing is you want to franchise Joey Rose's in Wyoming. That's what I heard. I want to park this Did thing right on the square at Jackson. And, yeah. Uh, yeah. Let's do it. What kind of sandwiches are there in Wyoming, by the way? What's like the local? What what would be a Wyoming-based sandwich? It's got to be buffalo or something. You know, something. it's getting more bougie in Jackson itself because there's so much money that's coming in the last year. So you'll get these really like super high, like a lot of beef-based stuff, you know, like the with the au jus and whatnot. Okay. But when it comes to really good deli meats, you're ha- it's it's tough to find. But a good a sandwich, you're going to get a lot of burgers if you call that a sandwich. Tons of burgers. Yeah. Um, you're going to get a lot of, of beef, like I was saying, a lot of steak-type burgers or steak-type sandwiches. And uh, anything beyond that, you kind of want to stay away from, you know, because it's just <laughs> not going to be great. All right. And when you go into a restaurant anywhere outside of Jackson, in my, almost, not almost anywhere, you stick to beef. You okay. know, you don't buy the fish. You know, you don't get the Clams Casino in Sheridan, Wyoming. Right. Yeah, no, I, I would imagine. Jesus Christ. They don't have that horse <laughs> that horseradish aioli is not in Jackson either yeah, from yeah. the beefy here, which is fantastic. We Thank should probably you. crack open this whiskey. I think that's yeah. a good play. Eat yeah. something, too. Yeah, yeah, of course I am. Uh, the sandwiches are fantastic. Yeah, I just had... Wh- which one is this that's one? The that's dad. the dad. Oh, which man, one is this? I love the dad. What do I do here? That's the Eastie. This is the prosciutto and salami, and that's the turkey and roast beef. So I love dad. Go there. Go there. That's that was what I just had. It was fantastic. Not that the others are bad. I'm sure they're nice all awesome. Nice hot peppers. Oh, that looks like my kind of. Pretty good, buddy. My kind of. No, I'm good. This is a cool spot, by the way. I just want to say it is so fun to be back in the city. It's been Thank about you. two and a half years, about since I was traveling and be here, listening to the New York City accent. I've lost. It's an I'm a wannabe sandwich. New York City guy. What yeah, exactly. <laughs> no, you don't like this. No, no. This is an excellent sandwich. Oh. I have to talk, so I can't just oh, I have thought, a sandwich in my I mouth. I swear to God, excellent. I thought you shook. I thought you went like this. Got, nah, I, he's, I was like, he's got oh. all the mannerisms of like an Italian <laughs> owner. Like, what's what the matter? Nice you, don't like the sandwich? <laughs> you don't like the sandwich? You don't like the sandwiches? You put the sandwich down. It needs to be that way, though. <laughs> I got nervous. All right, so, and we're gonna give shots to everybody inside this Winnebago, right? It's like an Italian grandma. So we're, we're giving you all shots. Shots for everybody. Yeah, it's. One o'clock, that two o'clock, <laughs> sure. Hey, two o'clock's pretty late. Guy in the back said he had something For to do comics. today, and he no longer has anything to do. Yeah. yeah. I'm technically on the clock. I'm getting paid for this right now. Yeah. <laughs> I have to record my podcast at 8 p.m., so I got a little a window here. <laughs> All right. So uh, do you want to tell us a little about the whiskey? Sure. So as you said, we distill, we, we grow all of our grains in a little town called Byron, Wyoming. It's all non-GMO stuff. Um, we distill in Kirby, Wyoming. We age everything in, you know, at our distillery. What you're drinking here is at least five years of age. Um, I think for whiskey to be worth anything, it should be at least four, in my opinion. We've kind of found a sweet spot in the five to six year range with this. It's 88 proof. And uh, you tell me what you taste. How much do you have to drink being in this business? Is it like a daily thing? I try to, I really try to. I moderate it. What does that mean? It, it hurts sounds me. like you're not doing that. <laughs> well, no, I'm, I'm doing shots on uh, at the corner of Attorney I, I and Riverside. It's you Tuesday know, it's at like, 2 p.m. Clearly. Yeah. So uh, I is, drink a lot, but I, tr- it's, I try to go many days without drinking in between because if I don't, I pay the price. Yeah. That's fair, but that's the biz. It is These the biz. These are your clients. Yep. And you, you it's a fun business. Do. People, you know... Pouring a libation for somebody, for these folks out here, you know, it's it's fun. So this is this is a, a true story in an article I found. My grandfather hit a parked cop car, drunk, oh. drunk, and he got charged with attempted murder because there were no DUI laws, and uh, he got off because he was a bartender, and the judge said, "Well, you got to drink with your clients." Oh. Wow. Yeah. That's so incredible. I'm an attorney as well, and I'm going to use that the next time I need to. I mean, this is also probably like 1940 yeah, or something like that. Yeah, this is a different time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I just realized how much he looks like Lenny Marcus. 
You know, a right. little bit. A little bit. Yeah, there's a resemblance. But like a How more should like I take that? <laughs> no, he's fine. I like Lenny a lot. It's not a bad thing. Yeah. You look like a like a like more of like a rugged Lenny Yes, Marcus. you look like a more rugged version yeah. of Lenny's a Lenny's not rugged. No, he's not at all. He's so, not at all. But not a bad looking chap. So don't don't be insulted. So we had Bird on the show. Uh, we had TJ on the show. They all raved about your shop, Joe. It's uh, yeah, it's did. fun to be here for the outside launch. We should probably do a toast sure. to this fine whiskey. Cheers, cheers everybody. Cheers, everybody. Thank cheers. you for being part of the opening. Cheers, cheers, everybody. Cheers. Uh, it's nice. Tastes the same as I had yeah, last night. Yeah, it, it tastes like Joe's going to go out of business. That's what it tastes like. It's that good that I'm like, oh, he's going to be drunk on the bar a lot. Yeah. That's good stuff. Yeah. Thank you. I appreciate it. Now, and uh, is this the only whiskey you have in the line, or there? No, this is our flagship. Yep. Um, it's a, like I said, it's a it's a small batch bourbon. It's made from 45 barrels. Mm-hmm. It's um, our entry level, if you want to call it that, but it's about 40 to 50, 40 to 45 bucks a bottle. And then from there, we go up. We have our single barrel, <clears throat> excuse me, which is a $100 version of this. We find about 12 to 16 barrels a year total. Uh, and that would be the best of the best when it comes to our what I would consider our weeded bourbons. And then we have a rye branch, uh, Outrider is what it's called. And it's a blend of an almost rye with a bourbon made with rye. Because everything else is weeded that we do. And that, in my opinion, is what really turned a lot of heads with us and caught people's attention. Nice. And what, uh, Joe, what drink do you make with this? Do you have a special? Oh, anything. What was the drink that you were talking about that he was doing at the stand? Well, uh, oh, go ahead. Sorry. So at the stand, we, we had different classic cocktails and barrels. At Joey Rose's, what we have is inside of a can now. So you want a classic Manhattan? So it's Wyoming whiskey, sweet vermouth, and a little bit of Angostura bitters yeah. with club soda. So it's a carbonated Manhattan highball. Okay, so, so I think we'll, like, we'll have recipes for Joey's Sandwich uh, online, but we're also going to put some drink recipes up also. Beautiful. We could, have, we could have a ton for you guys with that, yeah. too. And my, in my opinion, I would say that our bourbon goes really well with any citrus-based cocktail, like with our small batch. Our Outrider is a little different. I think that you know goes can hold up more because it's 100 proof. It's got a little bit of rye and it has that spine. But our small batch, in my opinion, anything like an old fashioned is particularly good with it. Nice. I, uh, yeah, the um, the canned cocktails were something we wanted to do here that Wyoming jumped behind, which is very cool. Um, and the reason we wanted to do them was not just because it's great to get a can a cocktail in a can. Obviously, people enjoy that, but you know. This is a very old school spot. This is very much a beer and shot bar. It's very much, you know, classic drinks kind of bar. And what we weren't doing a lot of was craft cocktailing. And we thought if we were going to do it and somebody did want it, let's do it in our way. And let's do it in a way that fits our aesthetic. So that was kind of what sparked this concept of canning these multi-ingredient cocktail ingredient cocktails with Wyoming and their brand. And we're going to bring out other flavors. Um after this Manhattan version. There's nothing better than a classic Manhattan, right? So putting Lady Liberty representing New York City, you know. Oh, I'm with Joe with the beer and shot, though. I'm, 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 I'm like, yeah, cut out the chit-chat. Let's go straight to Happy Town. I'm with you. <laughs> and Wyoming whiskey was great with High Lifes as well, if I must say so. so. Yes, yeah, yeah. We do a lot of beer and shot specials with Wyoming here. So, yeah. Uh, next next one that we have up, we're going to keep it in the family for Edgerton. We're going to go Brugal. So we're going to do a classic yeah. style, the, Man- the Manhattan special. If you ever had the espresso soda. Yeah. So it's going to be a riff off of that. Um, it's going to be Brugal, um, a little bit of Fernand Branca in there, espresso, and carbonated just like that. And representing Washington Heights, yeah. uh, it's going to be called the Heights Special. Yeah. Nice. Yeah, we're going to do some uh, some interesting mixes here. So it's, I think it's going to be great. 
I think it's genius. I think it fits in with everything here, and uh, I'm honored that you guys would have picked us. So thank you. Well, we're honored that you uh, led us. <laughs> that you I think T's, T's got a question. No, I was wondering, like, it's pretty crazy that you're a Wyoming brand, and now you have all these, like, New York signature drinks. Are you going to sell those, too, in Wyoming? Like uh, what the do your ones? Wyoming friends say about this? I'm a New York guy. I'm not from, yeah. So I'm, I'm born and raised in, in New York, and I get to represent them here. So get a really good product from Wyoming. I'm going to sprinkle my New York dust on it. You, you so. look, yeah, you look like you're from New York. He looks like he's about to go fishing. <laughs> like, I don't, I'm not entirely sure he's fishing. Did you think there was a boat? He's wearing a vest. Uh, <laughs> you know, I could, so I was raised in the East Coast. I was raised in Albany, and I could have gone with the New York, like, upstate, preppy look which is i guess what i was as a kid and i'm not that anymore so this is what i am and no I, you're drunk on whiskey and you live I'm in wyoming whiskey and i'm yeah i'm comfortable but uh <laughs> what are those pants made out of i don't know burlap maybe i, I don't know they uh, look leathery to, that's to why answer your like, question about uh, the cocktails um we do i'm all about new product development and trying different things but there's so many different opportunities for us to do different things we have to be smart about you know yeah. the direction that we go and i think things like this are going to lead us into looking more closely at it because this isn't there's a place in maine that i'm going to be heading to that's doing the exact same thing and i'm very curious to try their cocktail yeah. and see how that is and if this really is a thing and it starts to catch then i think edrington our partners and uh we would have to take a closer look yeah. at it you could have like a line for different states it'd be pretty cool it's good shit i'm gonna give you, <laughs> you want a job address for <laughs> yeah. whiskey yeah just Hire mail me. the whiskey <laughs> uh so um do you guys want to you want to plug your website do you want to plug the brand what do you what do you want to do yeah plug something your Instagram, I don't. So yeah, um, if you want to see other Wyoming activations all throughout the city, my Instagram is t underscore mori m a u r i. Uh, follow us at Wyoming Whiskey, just the name at Wyoming Whiskey. If you want to see some really cool stuff and some like true outdoorsman experiences, the Fainting Goat is David's social media handle, and it's a lot of fun uh, to have someone that literally supplies you with this awesome brand that could call you and say hey i saw you're doing a gaming dinner i could go out in my backyard and shoot an elk if you want so you could follow him and see all that really cool authentic wyoming lifestyle things as well uh but yeah you, can you check must out have a lot wyoming of liberal Whiskey. fans in new york <laughs> you want me to go shoot this elk i'll shoot him for you i try to keep it kind of tame yeah but it's great because now i got an elk guy too he just adds got an elk guy in new york person oh, tommy's got a guy oh, for please make an elk sandwich <laughs> please <laughs> all right please. maybe maybe an elk sandwich come on perhaps yeah we'll get it done i'm not against it we'll get it done i'm not against it all <laughs> right I've got a freezer full that i'll send you some advanced mail. <laughs> all right well Just, let's do another shot before we definitely uh, but I, I know you have a party and you're you're launching today so i don't want to take too much of your time but we'll do another shot i want you to plug the place i want you to plug your instagram i want you to plug your horror show i'll plug it, it all plug baby. it all plug it up joey roses Located at 174 Rivington Street. The Joey Roses. The you, Joey Roses. You might have heard about it on Rogan. You might have heard about it on this podcast. Joe's been very, Joe Rogan has been very vocally supportive, and we are very uh, flattered by that. But, so is Bert. Bert was really enthusiastic about the fact that you were, like, doing something outside of comedy with your comedy. Uh, Bert was really – yeah. Every, you know what? The comedy – let me say this. The comedy community as a whole – Fans and comedians alike have been extremely supportive and really gave us the push we needed to start out with having a base audience uh, instead of having to start just from the ground level. You know, like they really came through and they still do and allowed us to have some opening momentum and uh, they've been incredible. So thank you to the entire comedy community. I really mean that. Uh, Joey Roses, 174 Rivington Street. We're open Tuesday through Sunday. 
Go to joeyrosesnyc.com for all the information on ours. Uh, you can order us online if you want, DoorDash, Caviar, or through our website. Um, and full bar, full sandwich shop. Uh, we're doing what uh, we think people want, and uh, people seem to be enjoying it. So come on down, hang out, have a great time. Uh, and then my podcasts you can check out. Uh, Taste Buds with Sal Volcano on YouTube, on the No Crush Network channel. And then we'll see you in hell, the horror movie podcast to do with Pat Walsh. Uh, you can find that on patreon.com slash W-Y-I-S. No, I'm sorry. This is it wrong. <laughs> patreon.com slash W-S-Y-I-H podcast. Uh, check all that stuff out. Thank you. Buy Wyoming whiskey wherever you see it and come down to the Wyoming Winnebago outside of Joey Rose's. Yeah. If you happen to start a Dungeons and Dragons gaming club in the back of that bar, I will be back. Because oh I went cold turkey when I was 14, and I'm ready to come back. Well, maybe we start one out here. There we go. I'm starting to understand fun. why there's so many dudes here. That would be an interesting vibe. Uh, thank like you, to, gentlemen. i got to thank Joe for extending me a full credit line inside of Joey Rose's. I appreciate that. That's very <laughs> yeah. kind of you. Sure. Uh, and sending me whiskey, Wyoming whiskey. Looking forward to it. Um, thank you. We're going to do a shot real quick, T. Cheers. Kitty, plug something. Cheers, everybody. Cheers, everybody. Cheers. Oh, well, um, I am on Instagram at Tere is crazy. That's T-E-R-E is crazy. That's it. Kitty, you got anything? Thank you very much. Uh, at Kit Reynolds on Instagram, at Reform Talk Girl on TikTok. But uh, I think about quitting social media every week, so don't get excited, guys. I might get off. Okay. <laughs> she says it to the camera. All right. We're going to eat these sandwiches, but uh, I'm Ryan Reese. You can find me at RR Comedy on Instagram. This is The Cheat Day Show. You can find us on Instagram there, as well as Patreon. Uh, I don't know. Enjoy your lives, guys. Cheat Thanks. well. Thanks for listening to The Cheat Day Show podcast. To learn more about our show, the hosts, the comedians, our guests, our chefs, and more, visit our website, thecheatdayshow.com. Also, follow along with us on our social media, at The Cheat Day Show, on Instagram and Twitter. Future episodes can be found in all the places you get your favorite podcast. Our show is also sponsored by the world-famous Comedy Cellar on McDougal Street in New York City's Greenwich Village. Visit ComedyCellar.com for show lineups happening seven days a week. Later, cheaters. Cheaters.